Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Successful Solutions, a podcast where we show you how to make action your greatest habit. Today, we have Ashley. At 13, she went through what the doctor said would be a life-ending virus, and many years later, went through a career-ending problem as well. This could be seen as some pretty heavy setbacks in life, but through Ashley's story, you'll find out her path to helping others and improving their lives. Pretty remarkable. I know that every time I talk with Ashley, I always enjoy interactions with her. So I encourage you to reach out to her at the end of the show and say, I want to talk to you. (laughs) I'm also curious if anyone has mentioned to look up words that you don't know versus guessing what they mean by what the sentence says. It's fairly common to guess what the word means, but if you look up the word, you'll know the actual definition. This is very easy to do with phones and such, so go ahead and try it out. I also go over the importance of why someone should do this in my habits course as well. So if you'd like to take a look at that, go on and find me at iantolson.com. That's my first name, last name.com, and I'll include that in the show notes below. But other than that, enjoy and have a fun listen. Cheers. I was a very healthy girl, only 13 years old. Um, I was dancing five hours a day and literally went from being called the Energizer Bunny to overnight waking up um, with pain in every joint and muscle and literally fighting for my life. So I, for two and a half years, went all over the country to every top specialist had every scan blood test i saw every specialty um i was i was dying and nobody could figure out why so i remember very specifically a doctor came in to me i had a rare viral infection which is crazy given our time frame we're living in um so i'm very well versed with viruses and what they can do to the body but um but also how incredible the body is and its resiliency as evidence. I'm, I'm clearly here today, but I had a rare viral infection. They didn't know what to, to do with. And I very clearly specifically remember this experience where after I'd already seen every specialty, they could see my body was shutting down and dying, but didn't know how to treat it. Um, the doctor came in and told me that I needed to accept I wasn't going to live past my teenage years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was 13 years old. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, my life just literally changed. Um, told me I'd never dance again. Told me. Okay. Yes, literally, which is crazy as I look back, laying all of this out, you know, literally did tell me all these things that I would never get married, that I would never have children. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the sooner I accepted this, you know, the easier it would be to come to terms with my reality. I mean, this is verbatim and it was the biggest gut punch, you know, you can receive at 13 years old, suddenly being told your, your life is, is not going to last that much longer and you need to accept this. And I remember looking down for a second and feeling the most defeated I've ever felt in my life. Right. And then And then I decided right then and there that that was the most defining moment because I looked up at him and I said, I I don't accept this. Wow. And 
I knew very clearly I was in the fight for my life. You know, nobody knew that better than I did. Um, but I also instinctively understood that if I accepted that, then all chances of survival would be off the table. Mm. And that was my first real introduction at a very, very real life level of how intricately connected our minds and bodies are and how they communicate because there was many nights after that experience that I wouldn't go to sleep at night because I was so afraid to surrender conscious control because I was I was that close <laughs> that I didn't believe if I surrendered that type of will to live that my body would make it through the night. And conscious control meaning consciously like, letting go or? Yeah, so when you go to sleep, right? Your conscious, logical, rational part of your brain shuts down, mm. right? And your subconscious mind takes over. So what I was in a constant willing my body to keep fighting, to keep living, to oh, wow. keep surviving, um, sometimes literally felt like the only thing keeping it going. So there was time mm. frames where I didn't feel safe enough to let that go at night. Um, wow. So really understanding at, I think, the most intricate level you can, how tied in our bodies are to our minds and how powerful what we believe and think and want and will is in our lives, right? They've, they've shown every cell in your body hears every thought that you mm. say. Um, they're, they're so intricately connected. So long story short, it took, I, I kind of lived in that really scary life or death situation for about four years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. A long time. Um, and it was very gradual process of, of being able to even just get out of bed, stand on my own two feet to, you know, walking a certain level. It was a long journey of, of getting well. And, you know, that's a whole other story of equipping everything I could to help my immune system fight this virus. Right. right. Give um, me, just sorry to interrupt, give me a little bit of an idea of when, how sick did you get? Did you get to the point where you were bedridden that you weren't able to yes. get out? Okay. And how long? So about, I mean, it was intermittent time frames, but I was, I was in my bed really without much other than going to doctor's offices and hospitals for about two years. And then the next two years was a lot of time in my bed with some times up, you know, and seeing appointments. So it was, it was a long journey, a very long journey. Um, but I survived. Um, and it, it, some parts of that lasted about 13 years, but that was my real introduction to how incredibly tied in our mind and bodies are. So, I then went on to have an incredible professional career and also, you know, I went to school and I studied and I had this life that I spoke and I studied the mind and body and I became a personal trainer and I was so passionate about the body's ability to go to where I couldn't even lift a finger to becoming really strong. Wow. Right? Um, but then, <laughs> Uh, five years ago, mm -hmm. I had a second hip surgery from my professional dance career um, oh my and it failed and it 
launched my entire body into chronic pain and suddenly I couldn't walk and it spread. I, I had a two-year-old daughter and I couldn't play with her. I couldn't lift her. I was struggling to even hold a book. It was, wow. it was very deja vu, but on a whole new level because I had a child, I was a mother, I had a business, I had a lot more responsibilities, right, than when I was a teenager. Yeah. Even as challenging as that was, this was at a whole new level. So they were telling me my nervous system had flipped a switch and I was a chronic pain patient now and needed to accept this. And so <laughs> thankfully, um, thankfully my experience when I was young had taught me to not just automatically accept these limitations, even from experts, right? Um, and so I thought, well, if my nervous system can flip the switch, I'm gonna study how to flip it back. Mm. And that's when I dived a lot deeper into neuroscience and pain science and how the brain works and how it communicates um, to the body through the nervous system and and that was what led me in the creation of bioemotional healing first and foremost to help rewire pain out of my body but then i realized that just like pain pathways can get stuck people get stuck in these neural pathways of anxiety and fear and self-limiting beliefs. And because whatever our experience has been becomes the default mode for how our brain communicates to our body. And that's what led to the expansion of bioemotional healing, not just in helping people with pain or health issues, but wherever they're feeling stuck, right? Wherever, if it's from, these self-limiting beliefs that people have, if it's fears, anxiety, all of it is shaped by how we got to where we are today. So it wasn't just a failed hip surgery for me, it was also that it then triggered within my body its very hardwired memory of fighting for my life for all those years, right? And it impacted how it was reacting today. Similarly, everybody based on, and it doesn't have to be of course as traumatic as my life has been, based on all our life experiences, how you were raised, your family, your any traumas that you had, your environment, your friends, the experiences in your life, your own repeated thoughts that you've had ever since you were young and going into adulthood, the emotions that you've lived in a lot of your life, all of those have become part of how your brain communicates to your body to really direct your daily life, right? That's why so many people feel they get to a certain threshold and can't move forward because all of that information is stored in the subconscious mind, which really by the time you're 35 years old controls 95 to 98% of how you think, feel and respond, mm. right? So when we all say things like, well, this is how I am, or this is how, I always react or this is just how I feel and it's something we've experienced over and over and over again, right? Or people like to use the word triggers, like I just felt so triggered in that moment and when that happens I have an anxiety attack or I feel really sad or I get angry or I have pain or I have shortness of breath, right? We all have these different physiological responses mm. and all of that has come based on all of those experiences in your life I, I pointed to that has informed your brain about 
how to direct and keep you safe and keep you surviving in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to understand this because most of us just live in this kind of reactionary state of doing the same thing we've always done before, right? Or we make a certain amount of progress in our life, but then life stresses come. And all of a sudden we feel like we're back to ground zero because especially when stress has happened, that triggers our default stress response. That could be pain, that could be health issues, but that could also be doubt. That could also be fear, that could be anxiety, that could be overwhelmed, that could be whatever it may be. It's so individual to the person, but it's what keeps them from really getting to those next levels in their life than kind of reliving the same experiences over and over again. Hey everyone, just real fast. Have you ever wanted to start a habit but found it too difficult to do? You can do it for a couple days, but then it becomes just too much of a hassle. I have a simple solution for you. Read my free ebook on habits and get a free coaching session. I've literally charged hundreds of dollars for my sessions. So sign up today, enjoy the benefits of living a lifestyle that you've always wanted and reach out to me. That's over at iantolson.com. That's again, my first name, last name.com. And I look forward to speaking with you there. You'll actually receive my free ebook right when you enter the site and, and enter in your email address. So check it out and have a good rest of your day. Cheers. So what brought me to the brain nervous system was, was very traumatic and very health and pain oriented first. But I also in that journey discovered how much of the anxiety and fear that I had really taken in at a subconscious level through all my experiences was impacting how my body was able to heal today. And that's really what opened me up to just how much each of us of course are a product of our experiences, but at a deeper subconscious level than we are really aware of, right? Because we just kind of live in this reactive state that is just kind of going through the motions of what is familiar to us based upon our past versus really living consciously now in the present. What do I want now? What do I want to achieve? What is possible for me? Not based upon my past, but upon today because the brain's greatest cross-reference is our past, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it knows. That's what it has learned from the most. And so that's why so many people find a certain stopping point in their life, in their business, if as a child even, they incorporated this belief that they weren't good enough, they weren't smart mm -hmm. enough, they couldn't be successful enough, right? And why do no matter what I do, I? I keep coming back to that belief system, mm -hmm. right? Because that's how your brain encoded as you were young. And it started, it started gathering evidence, right? Based upon when a job didn't go through, when a relationship didn't go through. Mm -hmm. And then it just reaffirmed to the brain, yeah, we aren't good enough, right? And that's why if we don't become aware of what is running at a deeper level, mm -hmm it's really hard if all of it, but impossible to truly break through and, and get the life, the business, the relationships, the health that we want, because mm -hmm. the brain only cares about two things. So the brain's the command center of the whole body. We know that it's the only self-regulating organ mm -hmm. and the brain only cares about two things, protecting you and ensuring your survival. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
So for me, that came in the brain believing it had to send pain as an alarm system to keep me safe based upon fighting for my life when I was young, right? Mm. Pain, is, pain is a protective mechanism, actually, that tells us something isn't right. Mm. But for certain people, if they have this belief system based on their life experiences that they're not good enough, their brain can actually trigger an anxious response in order to keep them from going after what they want because that will keep them from doing it, right? It will keep them safe. Mm-hmm. The brain wants whatever is familiar to you. I see. So it's when you have these past things come up where it says, I'm not good enough, I can't achieve, then going 15 years in the future, realistically what's happening is your your brain says, I'm not good enough and I can't succeed. And that's quote unquote safe. Safe, yes. And so it's whatever you're doing is being pulled back into this old belief system that's really a trap for you, which isn't survival, which isn't actually beneficial, but it's it's a mechanism which is tricking you, it sounds like. Yeah, the brain, and, it, and the brain isn't doing that to hurt you. Mm. It's just whatever is familiar is, is safe to the brain. Whatever is unfamiliar is unknown and is not safe. And so if we can understand that, that that mechanism of what is safe is really driven by our life experiences, by those belief systems extracted from our life experiences, then anything that goes in opposition to that is going to, the brain's going to trigger a response to help bring you back to what is familiar. Mm. That's why if you can become aware of what's happening, then you can start to make changes. It's, it's the brain is so genius in how it can do it. So it can be that story of I'm not safe, but I've also seen it in, in people who had really traumatic like relationships that really hurt them. And it was very traumatizing. And then from that, they extrapolated this meaning of I'm not lovable right? And I'm not worthy of love. And so as they go to maybe have a new relationship, the brain feels triggered that this relationship could trigger the same, you know, hard traumatic experience from the past. So the brain can actually trigger these feelings of not being lovable, Mm -hmm. self-sabotaging belief systems that then keep people from moving to a new type of relationship, right? A Mm -hmm. new experience. And so the brain isn't doing it to hurt us, but in that mechanism of only caring about safety and survival based on what it's learned throughout our lives individually, it does really work to keep us stuck unless we start becoming aware of what is happening so that we can start changing it. And that's what I'm curious about because this is really leading up to that question of how do you start one becoming aware of it and two starting to be able to change that behavior of being trapped by your past and going into the future with a different outlook and a different result instead of having the same i'm not lovable type of right. type of feeling right lovable worthy you know i'm not capable of a certain level of success based upon how you grew up right or what's in your family And again, I I work with so many people, you know, who aren't believing they're capable of a certain level of health even, right? Based upon what they've gone through. So the very first thing, first step um, 
is kind of what I just went over is the obviously neuroscience in the brain is very complex, but if we understand that it's also very simple, that it really is trying to keep you safe. So if you can understand that, you can then go, okay, let me look at my life. Like what have been some hard things? What have been some traumatic things? You know, what, if I look at what has happened in my life, how has that shaped my brain and how to keep me safe, right? People who are terrified of public speaking, sometimes it was because they spoke in front of a class when they were younger and people laughed and, you know, they started this planting of this belief system if that I will be judged harshly, right? If I share my voice, right? And then you had more experiences through your life that validated that. And so your brain just kept doing whatever it could to keep you from public speaking, right? By triggering an anxiety attack, right? So if you are aware that your brain's trying to keep you safe, then obviously it's very individual. You have to first just look at your life and see what has maybe happened in your life that your brain now is trying to protect you from happening again, right? And the more, the more emotions we have wrapped around experiences in our life, the more the brain really takes a snapshot of those and embosses them neurologically. So if we just look at our life and understand that these types of experiences have a greater impact than maybe we have realized, right? Mm -hmm. On what is running within us. Yeah. What is embosses? Is it like oh. controls or? Yeah, so it takes like this, this pattern of the memory, the emotions, the experiences, and it really puts it within the brain at right in the pattern. Like, so we have these patterns of thoughts and emotions that then we feel in the body and they are triggered really fast. That's why people can, in one second, remember something and they think about it, they feel it. It's like you're back in that experience. You know, when you've had those type of things where it feels like just like that, you're mm -hmm. back in that experience, in those emotions, as if you're there. That's part of that pattern the brain has stored. Mm -hmm. And so in an instant, it can just recall it like that and it sends those neural pulses and you feel it in the body. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really remarkable, right? Mm -hmm. When we really think about it, because the brain is this incredible data bank of all of our experiences, right? And it stores them, but the, the harder ones, the more ones that impacted us, the more emotions we had wrapped around it, whether that was sadness or anger or fear or frustration, that those are the ones the brain really pays attention more to. And that's what more informs it of how do I protect them from that experience, which was hard happening again. And what's important to note about that is neuroscience has shown that the brain perceives physical threats and emotional threats similarly. Mm. So it's not just how do I protect them from getting physically hurt, it's emotionally hurt. It's anything that's uncomfortable, right? So that's really important to understand that the brain cares about keeping you safe physically and emotionally. Mm. And that's really important because that's more applicable to a, a lot of people is that emotional safety, right? That's what impacts more people as a whole. Right. So if you can understand that, then you can start to look at your past, right? And see, okay, what are some of these experiences? And then 
what was the belief system around that, right? That I, again, all, everybody, I've worked with enough clients for so many years to know, most people have a story of not being good enough at something, right? Mm. Whether it's smart enough, talented enough, you know, worthy enough, whatever it may be. And, and, it, and so understanding if we have that type of story or self-limiting beliefs about what's possible, okay, where did that come from and where did that start? And how is that impacting how my brain is trying to protect me from that happening again, right? Mm. So that is, that's the first key is just understanding that very simple principle of how the brain works and how all of your life experiences and all your repeated thoughts have informed your brain how to protect you. Mm. So we've had a, we've had a role in that as well. If we have thought enough things over and over and over again, those become belief systems, right? And then the brain guides our behavior based upon our belief systems. So it's also taking accountability for what we have said within our own head over and over and over again. So it's not just our life experiences, but also what have I said over and over and over again? Because my brain, if I've said that enough time over so many years, now believes it to be true and is now using that as a guideline for my behavior, right? Because all actions are really belief driven, right? So that's the first step, right? Becoming aware this is how the brain functions and then looking at your own life, at the life experiences that you've had that have informed your brain how to protect you and then also what you've been saying within your own head yeah. right? and how that's impacted it. So once you do that, each of us do live in this kind of reactive state. We do the same things we did yesterday, right? We think the same thoughts, we react the same way. We've all had those experiences of driving the car and getting to your destination and then not really being coherent of driving to get there, right? We're, we've all been there. But that's a lot in how we live our life, right? And so if we can understand that because the brain cares about conserving energy and so it just really helps facilitate us to do the same things we've always done. That's why we brush our teeth the same. We have all the same habits, right? But what we wanna do is start to kind of separate ourselves from what we're thinking, doing, and saying in terms of becoming the observer. So most of us have a stimulus and then a reaction, mm. right? Whether it's a stress with work or our environment or another person or a physical symptom, and then we react. And mm. usually the reaction is one that is from one we've done before, right? And so there's this idea of starting to create a space between stimulus and reaction to where we start to become the observer of what we're thinking, what we're feeling, instead of just acting upon it, right? So we can understand, okay, this happened. Wow, I'm getting these flood of thoughts. I want to react in this way, right? But I want to become conscious of what is happening today versus everything that's happened in the past that now is also being triggered by what just happened and now I'm reacting, right? You know, when people say like, don't overreact? Mm. Well, it's never from that one instance, right? Mm. It's that instance that is triggering everything from the past, right? That then is coming right up to the surface. 
So when we can start to become the observer of, especially those moments when we have something we want to react to, start to become aware of what is running through my head. Wow, like this happened at work. In that second, I started to have this, see, I'm not smart enough. You'll never have the success, you know? And, and the brain is so fast. We've all been there where you're here and all of a sudden you're in this deep place of self-defeating, limiting thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And then of course those lead to the emotions of fear and overwhelm and anxiety. So we're starting, we want to start to just create that space between stimulus and reaction where we start to become the observer of what's happening within us. Instead of just getting lost in it, we start to learn from it. And if we can think of it in that way, it's not threatening. We're trying to become aware and learn from what's happening because we can't change anything we're not aware of. Right. So if we can learn, okay, when this happens, I feel triggered into thinking this, feeling this, okay, what just happened that is reminding me of something from my past, right? And how, what is the belief system around that? And how do I start to change that? Mm. So we really are trying to become the conscious creators of our life today versus mm. the past always influencing the present mm. and then creating the same future, right? The same outcome of all the similar experiences we've had in the past. Mm. And so if we understand how powerful that is and how the brain's greatest reference point is the past, but we don't want to live in the past anymore, mm. <laughs> we have to create that space between stimulus and response to start learning what is part of each of our individual programs that's driving us to think and feel and behave the way we do versus saying, well, this is what I always do. This is who I am, right? Because we all throw those out there, but we actually really get to choose who we are and what we do. But that takes that conscious effort to really start becoming aware and observing what's happening within our mind and body, right? Yeah, and it's fascinating because I remember this quote from Jet Li, which really aligns with what you're saying, because it's when you're telling yourself things, your body can't distinguish if it's a joke or not. Mm -hmm. It can't figure out if you're saying, oh, I'm just having a bad day and that's affecting me between something positive because it all just takes, it soaks it in like a sponge. And as a result, you get whatever outcome you're producing in yourself. Yeah. And it's so true. That's the incredible thing about the subconscious mind, which is the, the greatest influencer of who we are, because it's where it stores all this information, is that it really doesn't know the difference. Um, adding to that point between a real experience and one we're vividly imagining. Right. So that's evidence of why someone can be safe in their room by themselves, mm. but thinking about an experience and all of a sudden they have an anxiety attack. Their mm. heart is racing. They're sweating. There's actual no threat in that moment in time. But because you're thinking about it, you're creating it because your body, too. And as the subconscious mind also doesn't know the difference, that's why you get 
that physical response as if it's happening right then and there. Mm. So that tells you how powerful it can be in the disempowering way. But what my work is and what I'm so passionate about <laughs> is, okay, we see that, we live that, we've experienced that. The same way, the way the brain works can hold you prisoner and hold you stuck. You can harness that incredible power to set you free, to create the life that you want, mm -hmm. right? Because we know all power can be used for good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. And the brain is no different. And if, if we understand, unfortunately, that it is wired for that safety and survival, which means it is wired more for that negativity because mm -hmm that's what allows it to perceive threats, right? If it's always looking for what could go wrong, right? Mm. So that, if you understand that as well, that makes you feel a little better about yourself. It's not just that like you're negative and more people are positive. All of our brains are wired for negativity first because mm. of that safety and survival, right? Uh. If you think of, if you think of a soldier, they've got to go in and see any possible scenario that could be threatening, right? Well, our brain is doing that all the time. Like mm. what could hurt me physically and emotionally based upon what I know in the past. Mm. So if we understand that, then it can take some of that self-defeating beliefs about this is just me and say, okay, I have to take conscious control of my brain and how it thinks, or it's going to naturally defer to this negativity. Mm. Right. And so you can either be disempowered by that or absolutely empowered that if you do take conscious control of that, you can harness that power to create your life again, to have a bad day or choose to have a good day. Right. Mm. To it's like when I was super sick and fighting for my life and, and was in fact dying and felt that I still every day, even when I had to hold myself in front of the mirror looked myself in the eyes and said, every day you are healing, every day you are getting wow. stronger, you know, and I get to where people are like that. It doesn't feel that way. Well, no, it didn't feel that way. <laughs> um, you know, when people are like, I am going to succeed, I am going to, you know, defy what my family has done and have mm. this success, or I am going to have a successful relationship. People are like, well, this feels disingenuous because it feels fake because it's not mm. real right now. And I get that. And it's not about lying to yourself. It's mm. about understanding that the way we direct our brain directs our body, directs how our brain seeks evidence to support one thing or another. So do mm. I want my brain oriented towards gathering evidence how I'm dying or do I want it gathering evidence how I'm living and healing? And that's what we're doing is understanding that whatever we want in our life, we have to be the directors mm -hmm. of getting our brain and body on board to seeking that mm -hmm. versus waiting until it's here and then we can believe it. Like we have to, has to start with that belief. And when we do that, that orients the brain to start gathering evidence, seeking evidence, doing behaviors, thinking towards that outcome that you want versus the outcome that you don't. Yeah, and I think it's so powerful what you're saying because with all the research I've done on habits, for example, that is exactly the key point of gathering evidence 
that you are that type of person. You are the type of person that goes to the gym or reads the book or is working on your health and is the type of person that is going to be a successful person. It all starts with what is occurring right now that assures me that I'm going to start making those steps and going in that direction. Because like you said, there's that fake it till you make it type of thing, which isn't really what we're trying to focus on because you're just trying to tell yourself one thing that you don't have any, you don't have any backing evidence to show yourself that's Mm -hmm. an actual thing. What you need is to say, you know, I worked on my project for five minutes a day. That is enough evidence for yourself to say, okay, there was something I did. Your mind is picking that up as a trigger. And every day it's, okay, I worked on it for five minutes every day, making super simple, easy things that you can do to show yourself that evidence like you're talking about. Right. And that's what's going to allow the brain to have evidence to move you towards this new outcome versus only referring back to the evidence of what you've experienced in the past, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's felt that where you're going after a new goal and your brain's like, well, remember when you had this goal and you didn't accomplish (laughs) it, right? Right? We've all had that. The brain will throw that at you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and remember when this failed and remember when you gave up here and you, you know, and we've, and it's like, thank you so much. You're right. Yeah, this is pointless, right? Mm. And because again, your brain has that database and it's trying, and, and, and we all, nobody feels good about a goal that goes unachieved, mm-hmm. right? So that's uncomfortable to, I failed again, right? Or I didn't follow through. Well, the brain's going to be like, well, I don't want you to do that again. So remember all the times you did it in the past, right? But if you can start seeking evidence by your thoughts, which then direct your behaviors, Mm. which then start to gather new evidence of, look, I am doing it, right? Mm. I am in the process. That might've been my story in the past of not following through. I learned from that. I am learning to follow through now. Look, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And I'm, that comes with thoughts. And then that comes with action. Right? Mm. It has to be both because again, mm-hmm. you are coming up against whatever's been your experience in the past, mm-hmm. but whatever the brain will get on board with whatever we are consistent with, <laughs> right? Yeah. And there's that word. So many people don't like consistency, but <laughs> literally it is the one of the most important mm-hmm. words in our life, right? Mm-hmm. Because nothing is accomplished without it nothing right but if we can be empowered by that the amazing thing about the brain is that every time you do have a different Mm. thought so instead of one of i i never follow through to have one of i i i know what i want and i'm going to keep going until i accomplish it right Mm. every time you want to procrastinate but you don't you spend that five minutes working on your project you're starting to change those neural pathways and neural responses of how your brain perceives you and your work or your goals. And that's what's really amazing about the brain is even though it likes to be stuck in what's familiar, it also can always change. And there's that idea that people have heard the word neuroplasticity, the brain can always learn. 
but it can we, <laughs> yes, it can always learn new things. It can have a new response, a new thought pattern, a new behavior. But again, we're the directors of that. So it's not going to happen unless we take conscious control. But the awesome thing is, is that it can happen. They've shown the brain, no matter how long you've been stuck in a pattern, no longer how traumatic it was or how old you are, the brain can always change. Yeah. And add, to add on to what you're saying, I completely agree with you. There's that mentality, this stiff structure that people can get into where they say, I'm a soldier. And they go, and I've seen military veterans probably 15 to 20 years after they have been in the army, still being in the military, you see it because of the way they walk and the way they talk to people on the street. Really what it is, is they have this stiff thing of, I am still a military vet. I am still in the military. What you're talking about more is being able to bend and shift this personality that someone has. So that way you can encompass a new type of lifestyle or a new being that is existing because if you're stuck in these old ways you can only get so far i'm a failure at this i'm a failure at that you identify so hard with it and it actually stops and limits you where the thing to really push or go towards is okay how can i show myself the evidence that i'm someone who tries you only have to do it a little bit every single day to give yourself enough evidence to say I am the person that does well. I am the person who tries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing is, is we all, no matter what, whether it's military or, uh, you know, other careers, because that's what happens with professional athletes, even when they mm-hmm. have to stop, they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get that because I lost my professional career and the gift in that was, you know, in really understanding who I was separate from what I did. Right. Mm-hmm. And we all have kind of our identity wrapped up in what we do mm-hmm. or what we did or what we've been told who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. And that really comes to that fundamental that our brain will always bring us back to whatever we believe to be true for us. Mm-hmm. So if I believe and keep supporting that with evidence of thoughts and actions that I'm a failure, your brain will support whatever it can to mm-hmm. keep you a failure because being a success goes against that belief system that you are a failure, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Evidence that my brain had is that I would and need to struggle with my body my whole life, right? Mm. But what I knew is even though that was true, I had, my brain had a lot of evidence to support that belief and our brain usually does, right? it could point to all the experiences. And and I had two life altering experiences where most people usually don't even have one, right? (laughs) So my brain was like, this is very true. And all the experts have told us this, right? Um, And so what I knew is until I changed that belief system and then started, yes, gathering evidence with Mm. what I thought every day, with then what I did every day, then there was no way I could change that story, right? So there comes a certain level amount of accountability we each have to have in our life, right? This, I'm this way because this happened to me. I'm this way because my parents did this, Mm -hmm. you know? We, and all of us 
have a story because mm-hmm. we all had parents that raised us a certain way. <laughs> we all had friends, right? We all had different experiences in our life, bad teachers, bad coaches, or somebody who told us we were worthless. Mm-hmm. Like each of us have some story we could point to as to why we are the way we are and what's possible in our life, right? So that's the point of really taking accountability and Mm. saying, even though, yes, these things have happened to me, right? Mm. That person did say that to me. I Mm. was raised this way. I did have this trauma. I did, those things happened absolutely and they shaped us, but ultimately I get to decide what they mean for me now and what they mean for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So do I want that story to be true or do I want a different story? Mm-hmm. And what I know is I am the director of the story I tell myself, which ultimately influences the behaviors, thoughts, and emotions that the brain triggers for me to live in on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're really taking the solutions it's, it sounds so solution orientated, everything you're talking about, because you're having all these, specifically you have had these very, two very traumatic life altering conversations with medical professionals. Yes. And you're saying, I'm going to find a solution for that. I don't believe your story. Yeah. I'm very respectable for you to do that. Wow. Oh, well, you know, it was that or die, right? Um, no, but okay. you, the, 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 the reality is that we get to decide mm. what our limitations are, mm. right? And I, I recognize I could have died, but I was going to go out fighting to live versus accepting I was dying, right? Um, we get to decide our limitations and so often it's from it was from seeds planted from somebody else right or a thought that popped into our own head that we identified with as true and most people speak from their own limitations right so when people tell us about our limitations it's more often a projection of their own belief systems right and i'm not saying that's totally true in the medical professional because i mean i was dying but i just don't i believe the brain and body are much more powerful than oftentimes we seem to forget but if we look at life too many people have defied the limits for us to really think, well, I'm the exception. And that's why that's why I created Bioemotional Healing. That's why I created a process because prior to the creation of that, I did speak. I was a quote motivational speaker, but there's so many where people hear inspiring stories, right? And then you feel that inspiration for a second, but then you leave and you're like, well, that's them, I'm me right? Like, Mm. how does that apply in my life? I don't have their personality. I don't have their talent. I'm, I'm not strong like them. Like we've all seen that story. And that's why by emotional healing exists because the brain, the brain is the command center of all and separate. If you truly have brain injury or, or real true mental illness, the functionality of the brain is the same for each of us. And that's, what's so awesome because if you can harness that power, it has nothing to do with intellect or personality or talent. It is truly how the brain works. And that 
is universal to each of us. And that's why I love it so much because my goal is not to, you know, just inspire people. I want to give them the tools to create their own amazing story in their life, right? That breaks through whatever limitations they have. Mm. Yeah, I think that's incredible and super useful because you're right. When someone's at a motivational speaking event, they have that glimpse of, wow, life could be amazing. And then they go home and they're like, okay, I have no way to apply this information yeah. now. And that's the yeah. problem. And what you've really done is you found the pattern of why it exists and then how to break out of it. So that way you can positively change your story, change your outlook and give yourself that shift of saying, okay, I can be even just, I can be a little bit better every day. You know, spending three to five minutes of how can I be a little bit better? What can I improve upon? And it sounds like from what you're saying, it provides a huge beneficial response to know what happened in the past to say, yeah. okay, I have this, but instead of being the effect of it, addressing it more as this is something that triggers me to then act like this. And, in, and instead of saying, I always get super mad when this happens, turning it into okay, why does it happen like that? And how can I come up with a different story so that way I can be this different person with a different outlook and different evidence which support this different mm -hmm. viewpoint? Exactly. And that's such an important point because the idea of understanding how the past impacted us is not to go back and relive it. Mm. Um, we don't need to go and rehash what happened when you were a child and, and feel that, you know, and in fact, the more that you do that, the more it, it hardwires more in the brain, right? Mm. As having that significance. The most important is, is understanding how these experiences shaped us and our mm. belief systems about ourselves and what our brain learned from them. That's what we need to understand more than let's go relive this traumatic experience from my childhood, right? It's like, no, what is the meaning that came from it that then, you know, has sought evidence to support it mm. your whole life, right? And what is it doing now? And how is that impacting me now? And how do I have to start changing that story, that belief system, that meaning, so that I can have a different experience, mm. right? And have a different outcome. And, and like I said, the reality is we all can be victims of certain things that have happened to us. We didn't mm. choose, right? Mm. But at the same time, we get to choose what we do with it. And that's our responsibility, right? That's our responsibility and ours alone is, okay, this happened. What do I do now? You know, what do I do now? And, and how am I helping or hurting it with what I'm mm. thinking, with what I'm believing, with how I'm acting? And you keep seeing those small incremental changes, which is, it's so amazing because I've worked with enough clients that that is one of the most self-sabotaging behaviors we have is if we're not making big shifts, mm -hmm. it's not enough. So we don't do anything. Right. Right. And that's, it is so <laughs> self-sabotaging yeah. because it is the little incremental consistent things that lead to the big changes. Mm -hmm. There are no big changes without the small ones adding up. Yeah. Right? And, and, and to add on to that, you're very right because it, you can term it as a valley of disappointment. And it really is that because what happens is when you start on this pathway, 
you go and you start walking into it and, it and it basically is like the Grand Canyon, for example. You go all the way down to the bottom and you realize it's horrible and you look how far it is to get up and you're like, I can't get it. So it, it becomes this, it's too big, I don't wanna do it and you go away. But if you can do that little, okay, how can I do this little bit of difference? What, what can I do? And even just doing it for three to five minutes a day where you say, okay, if I'm going to go to the gym, I, I'm just going to go there for three minutes. And it sounds silly, right? I'm going to go to the gym for three minutes. I'm going to drive all the way to go to the gym for three minutes and then drive back. But if you look at it, if you need to know that you need to bring your own water bottle or that you have to make sure that you are in the parking in the right place and getting the logistics figured out, because that's really what's happening is you're learning, you're going on this ground level of, I need to learn how to do the thing and then when you learn how to do the thing and you have enough evidence and information to say, okay, one, I can do it, but two, I know how to do it, then you can start going up this ladder. If you look at it, for example, ice cubes are a really good example of this because you have an ice cube melts at, what is it, 33 degrees? Is that right? I think so. Yeah, something right. like that. But if you look at it, an ice cube at 28 to 29 degrees shows no subtle change. 29 to 30, no change. 30 to 31, no change. 32 to 33, only on 33 does it actually start to melt. And what happens is for when you go from 28 degrees to 32 degrees, that's really where people are at when they're going through this process of saying, I wanna get better, but I'm really not there. I'm, I've been working on this rough draft, but I've actually made no progress. You're just complaining about the ice cube still being frozen. <laughs> yeah. And you see a lot of photos of it where people are saying, man, I've, I've done so much work and I can't even see the end, but they're actually two ice picks. There are two like hackings away at getting to the diamond. Yeah. You know, those yeah. sort of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it hasn't helped just culturally that we our culture of immediate gratification, mm -hmm. right? And we literally, everything's at the push of a button, mm -hmm. um, including food, right? <laughs> including whatever you literally, and we're, we're, and the disservice in that is that we've become programmed to believe if I do this, I should receive this, mm -hmm. or, you know, I should have this outcome um, versus no, it takes time. It mm. takes work. But if we can acknowledge the progress along the way, that's actually what engages the brain to want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Versus if I'm so focused on how I'm not here yet, the brain's like, well, then why are we doing this? You know. <laughs> right. So again, we are the directors based upon what we are proactively consciously thinking and that's why you have to really become aware of that conversation of what is happening within you all day because we don't pay attention to it we just listen to it and we go along with it because it's so familiar to us and when you just start observing that then you go oh my gosh no wonder i'm not getting to the gym no wonder i'm not mm. procrastinating my work like no wonder i'm i'm having that argument again with my spouse or no wonder i'm so tired like this is what is going on inside my brain all day right and that's where we again if you become aware of it then you have an, a knowledge of what i have to maybe change mm. instead of just like why am i not doing this it's mm -hmm. like well we got to start paying attention to what's going on 
inside ourselves. And the cool thing is, again, because I always want it to be from a place of like, you can, the brain will get on board with whatever you are consciously, consistently taking control of. And it will get on board to help you create that versus keeping you stuck where you are. But again, it takes that conscious power and choice on a daily basis. And people you know, say to me, well, that's so hard. And I'm like, sure, but that <laughs> hard leads to easier. Mm -hmm. If the other hard of not doing it leads to a much harder life mm -hmm. of a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, being stuck, staying in the same place. So it's effort either way. Do you mm -hmm. want effort that leads you, right? And the brain starts getting more habitual in these new patterns and it starts supporting you or do you want to stay stuck? Like wh which one do you want more? Because we all get to choose whether by what we're doing or not doing, you know? And you're worth the effort. You're worth the effort to create the life that you want. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's cool because when you phrase it like that, it's so it's it's either time is going to be working for you where you're actively pushing yourself in the right direction, or do you want time working against you where you're saying it's too hard? And then all you're doing is digging your hole a little bit deeper. And yeah, like on a day-to-day -day basis, it's not that big of a deal. But like you said, five, 10, 15, 20 years, you're either going to dig yourself to China or you're going to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and that's, that's also why I'm, I'm so passionate about it because, you know, you hear all these stories of people on their deathbed or, or, you know, when tragic things happen and it's like, man, I wish I would have, you know, and I guess the gift, not, I guess, I know one of the greatest gifts of having to fight for my life so young is realizing how precious life is. Mm -hmm and that each of us have unique skills and talents and, and personalities and things that are needed in this world. And that so many are not living that, you know? And and that's what I want is, and that's my work. And, and I wear this necklace because it's what I experienced with my clients, this is free because that is the ultimate goal is to just really allow people to break free mm. to be the person they are deep down inside, right? To step into their capability and mm. who they really are that nobody else is because life is too short. Like it mm. feels sometimes like we have all this time, but as we know, it just can go so fast or it can change so quickly. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to, to believe that they can. And that's why I love the brain because again, it's separate from personality and talent and intellect. It's just, it's how it works. Mm. And, and really understanding that they're worth the effort in their life to figure out what that is, mm -hmm. you know? versus just truly settling for where they are. Mm. Right? And it and it's possible and I know it's it's a overwhelming, you know, to like where do I start? And that's like why we discussed, you know, I have a free mind body blueprint. Um, if they go to freemindbodyblueprint.com mm -hmm. and that starts breaking down actionable steps, like a three-step process of how they can start just integrating this awareness and what to do with it, right? And and how to start changing those neural pathways. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, 
to help people get started, right? Of having some actionable steps. Um, of course, too, if people want to go deeper, I have a free training on my website mm -hmm. at com that goes more into the brain. And, and just the more people know about how the brain works, the more they can understand themselves, mm -hmm. right? And, and how that's showing up. And then I always say, well, of course, knowledge is power, but only if you do something with it, right? Mm -hmm. So then how that's where these steps come in to really start making these changes in your life. Mm. But you, but you can, you mm. can, and you can, and you can, and I'm, I'm living proof of that. I, I, I've defied way too many odds for someone to tell me, you know, it's not possible, and it, it is for each of us. And that's that's why you know the brain is my love language, and people can't see this, but behind <laughs> me are these different images of the brain because I mm. I love it so much because it's our greatest power within each of us yeah. and that's why I love it and it's possible and that's my mission is to help people to realize that in yeah. their life I think what you found is so special what you figured out is so deep and transformational for people because I feel as though a lot of people are stuck in this I have this story that I've been living in I have the evidence that provides that I'm that way and I I can't do anything about it I'm completely a victim of my my shortcomings and there's that's my life and you know i'll just deal with it and i think that's what a lot of people have been told and have to deal with and that getting what they want is either supposed to be instant or can't have it at all and there's not this happy middle ground of okay let's just work on it three to five minutes a day let's just do two one thing one little thing for a little bit of time <laughs> you know and yes mm -hmm. Time passes anyway. Yeah. Right? And it's interesting because like you said with that time frame, parts of my illness took 13 years wow. to resolve. But yet I've been free of that now mm. for over a decade. But so but if I had given up, mm. I wouldn't be free of those and have had the last 10 years free of them, right? So that's it's this illusion of time. Like, because it's taking time, I'll never get there. But then in that focus, you do never get there versus it's amazing what can and will be and happens if we just take each day and do what we can in that day. And we start again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and we do it again tomorrow. Right. And we celebrate those small progressions mm -hmm. along the way. But we do absolutely have to get to what those root beliefs are because otherwise we'll be fighting an uphill battle with our brain wanting to bring us back to that belief system so if we can get to the root of that and that's why like my clients can make such incredible shifts in eight weeks because you're getting to the root and and changing that so then it's supporting everything you want instead of feeling like every day is a battle mm -hmm. to do what you want mm -hmm. right and that's the power when you can work with the brain versus like against it every day <laughs> right which we've all been there mm -hmm. it's a pretty powerful powerful thing that uh, like i said can keep us stuck or can set us free yeah i completely agree and it's cool because when you're describing it like that it's it's almost as though perceiving yourself as when you're stuck in the midst of it and you have all these things going against you, it's almost like being lost in the forest, right? 
-hmm. And it's only through someone's determination and being able to say, okay, let's just go in the right direction that you're getting out of the forest a little bit. You're close, you're slowly walking towards out of the forest, out of the dark, scary forest. And then at some point you can start to see the mountain and you're like, oh, there's a mountain. And then all you have to do is just take one step forward and all those one step forwards are that three to five minute a day. And all you have to do is just focus on getting a little bit closer to it. And on the way, you're gonna find out, oh, I need walking shoes. That would make this way easier. So then you maybe go, go to a place and you're like, okay, good. Now I have walking shoes. This will be a little bit easier. And that's what you're talking about when you're saying, it's gonna get easier at some point in time. It, it takes time to even figure out what's wrong to begin with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not, but even then, that very simple analogy. Mm -hmm. the, either somebody says on a daily basis, I'm never going to get there. Mm -hmm. Or somebody says, I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. Before we end off, if you enjoyed the show, leave a review. Good reviews promote the show to others and make it more likely for others to see it. For example, have you ever been on Amazon and you haven't seen enough reviews on something and there isn't enough good reviews? Well, in my own personal experience, that will assist me in making a decision on whether or not I'll take a look at it. In addition to this, if you leave me a review, I will give you my course on Habit, which I normally charge $50 for. My friend Mitchell is already taking it currently, and I'm getting good feedback on it. So you can head over to iantolson.com, take the course for free just for leaving a review, and you can send me a reply to one of my emails that you'll get from me, and you can just say, hey, I did the review, please give me the course. So looking forward for you to take a look at this and actually to see the course. I spent a lot of good time doing it and it's been fully edited and it's a really good piece of information so go ahead take a look at the course and leave a review awesome guys cheers it has to start with the belief otherwise you will be fighting that battle right mm -hmm. so that's why i tell people you've got to get to those beliefs that then are going to continue to point to that gathering of evidence because if i believe i'm going to get there then what am i going to do today to get there mm. versus if i believe i'm not going to get there then what's going to happen today to validate i'm not going to get there mm -hmm. right we get to re we get to orient our brain one way or the other yeah right and that does of course doesn't mean you say, I'm going to be successful and you sit and wait for it to come to you. <laughs> but, you know, and that, and that's where I feel like a lot of people with like the secret, it didn't chime with because it was this kind of like idea. Right. And, and I'm an actual person. Like I knew clearly if I wanted a different outcome, I had to do everything in my power, but I had to believe it was possible. And in that belief and reaffirming that belief every day, then it was, okay, if I believe this is possible, what do I do in that mm. belief system? Whereas if your belief system is one of not succeeding, you are going to act from that state mm. of not succeeding because that's how the brain works. And so you have to get to those root belief systems of understanding what is driving you so that you can support the gathering of evidence, but you have to become aware of, of what deep down inside, right, is the belief system around it. But once you do, it just amplifies your ability to 
just really change, you know, and people say change is hard. And that's because we try to change while coming up against our brain's own program, right? And that is really hard because again, it is the command center. But if you actually can work with it, then change actually can happen mm -hmm. though in a way that is more effortless doesn't mean it doesn't take effort and consistent action, but it's not that battle that mm. so many feel that they're in each day fighting their own brain and mind and beliefs and thoughts, you know, to do what they want to do. So it can be easier than we've been <laughs> led to believe, but nobody, nobody taught us growing up, but you know, how amazing this brain is aside from, you know, studying and learning facts. Right. Um, and so, I'm trying to teach that to my daughter, but it, it comes to bite me in the butt sometimes because she, she throws out <laughs> things like, nobody lives inside my mind but me. And I'm like, yes, that is true, but I'm still your mother. You're seven. <laughs> you're seven. You, know? <laughs> you can't argue with me right now. <laughs> you, I, you're still seven, and I still am teaching you things, you know, but she's... She's definitely learning how powerful her own mind is, but That's anyhow, I just gotta harness it in the right direction. Anyhow, it's it's possible, absolutely. That's my mission is is not only for people to understand that, but to actually show them the way. Wow, wow. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. This has just been a revolutionary interview and I myself have had this going on and it's interesting because after all my study from habit, it's saying, okay, good, I get that. But what you did is you took the part that I was really looking for and, and really instructed it and said, oh, this is the thing. You can change your habits from your mindset, from your past. And that's a whole nother level of becoming the person you really want to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, good. If it, if, it, if it served you alone, awesome, happy, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. And could you tell us again where your website and where they can get the blue the blueprint for it? Yes. Yeah. So my website is my name, ashleydlello.com, spelled all weird, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-D-I-L-E-L-L-O.com. From there, you can get the free mind body blueprint. You can um, watch my free training, but you also can go to freemindbodyblueprint.com mm. and and find it there. And then um, I also have a podcast, um, mm. Body Freedom Radio, that is all based around what we spoke about today, but accomplishing that freedom in our body, in our mind, in our emotions. And so you can also find me there, Body nice. Freedom Radio. Yeah, I'm gonna start tuning in, that's for sure. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. My, It's been a pleasure having you, that's for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah.